0: The Midweek Horror Podcast is supported by Horrified, the website that celebrates and champions British horror, covering films, television, books, fiction and more. You can visit Horrified at horrifiedmagazine.co.uk and find them on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at horrifiedmag. This is the Midweek Horror Podcast with Hannah Fox and Ellis Reed.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Midweek Horror Podcast. I'm Hannah Fox,
0: and I'm Ellis Reed. And I've just noticed there's some water on my phone. <laughs> right, let's do that again. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs>
1: Hello and welcome. <laughs> I'd so like to make you fancy. <laughs>
0: Hello.
1: <laughs> Bonsoir. Calm
0: down, and it's not Eurovision.
1: <laughs> Un point. <laughs> oh. welcome to the midweek horror podcast. I'm Hannah Fox,
0: and I'm Ellis Reed,
1: and we're back. Yeah, after not a
0: a little longer than two weeks. Yeah, but I have been ill.
1: You have, and I've been away. Yeah. So, you know, life happens.
0: Yeah, we're doing yeah, all right, though. We're doing know. all right. We're definitely doing more of these than we were last year.
1: Definitely. We're sticking to our resolution as much as we can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, short of me kind of, like, banging the door down and being like, get out of bed, come on, <laughs> doing it now. I don't care if you're throwing up, it's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we're we, And we're doing a first tonight. We're doing something we've never done before. Yeah. We are doing our first midweek horror podcast that's not about a movie. It's about an audio drama by Baffle Gab Productions. We're going to sit down and listen to their adaptation of The Signal Man by Charles Dickens.
1: Oh. I'm really excited about this actually. Cause I, well, I love that we're moving into different media because that's quite nice. Bit of yeah. a change. Um, and I like a Dickens. Yeah. So interesting. <laughs> course. So I'm interested in um how they've done this and yeah, yeah it'd just be quite nice to do something a little different.
0: Are you familiar with the story?
1: Not this one, no. No, not really. Um no. So again it'd be a nice surprise.
0: So I am pretty sure that I have both read it and seen an adaptation of it, but I can't really remember it. Okay. I do know that it's a story about a signalman who works on the railway and he starts seeing uh, a mysterious apparition who each time he appears, it's a portent of doom. Is portent a word?
1: I think so. Yeah. Well, it sounded do. right to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went, yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, that is literally all I know about yeah. it. I have had experience with Baffle Gab Productions before. They're very good. They do uh, really good audio dramas. Their main thing that they do that I've experienced is a, a series called The Scarifiers, which is sort of set in the gosh, when exactly is it set? Sort of like early to mid twentieth century. Yeah. It's got a bit of a little bit of a wartime feel. It's about these elderly investigators who investigate paranormal occurrences. Um they're really good. And they've that done a load good. of those. They must have done about ten of them. Mm. And each one's two hours long. And I think they released them all for free as a podcast. Oh, yeah, that's yeah.
1: cool. I like a bit of stuff like that, so I'll have to look it up.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's called The Scarifiers. Scarifiers. Really good. quite an
1: easy one to remember.
0: Yeah, but um, they've also done other great stuff, like they did um, an adaptation of The Hellbound Heart, which was mm, okay. the original novella by Clive Barker that became Hellraiser. Yeah. So that's basically like the first film, but probably slightly more faithful to the original novella. You know, they've kept the setting in the UK, so it's British accents. That was really good. And, but yeah, they've done quite a few spooky, spooky stories. Yeah, so I really like Baffle Gap Productions. When uh, they released this, I got it on CD, although we're going to be listening to it on Bandcamp. <laughs> well, I downloaded it from Bandcamp. Because I don't have a CD player,
1: <laughs> I realised today.
0: I was like, "Oh, I better get my CD player out for the podcast." And yeah, I don't, I don't seem to own one anymore.
1: I don't, unless we go and sit in my car, which might be a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> so no, yeah it's uh, I so mean I'm
0: glad unfair. I've got it on hard copy, and at some point I will get a CD player. But apparently, I've just fallen off the CD bandwagon a bit.
1: Well, I mean. It's, like, it's not something you use very much anymore, CDs. Same with DVDs, really. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Although I would if it was easier. I remember the first time I got a laptop and I was thinking, oh, this new laptop feels nice and light. Mm. And then I realised it's because it didn't have a CD drive drive in it, yeah. Um, So I sort of feel like not using CDs anymore was something, and DVDs. Um, as much was something that happened to me rather than something I consciously chose because I wanted to be all digital.
1: It's all a bit weird anyway, isn't it? Because I, um, I've got a record player and I've got vinyls now, so it's like, oh, really? you know, CDs might come back in again anyway. and then yeah, I just maybe. just find that I'll be using them more.
0: Maybe. Have you read any of Charles Dickens' ghost stories? Apart from A Christmas? Apart Carol, from A Christmas?
1: Yeah. Um, maybe not, actually. No.
0: So like a lot of the Victorians, he, he wrote quite a lot. And you can like get a collection, the, the ghost stories of Charles Dickens, which has 20 stories in.
1: Which I think I might do. That sounds like a good shout. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of them are sort of interludes from his novels. Mm. Um, Well, I say a lot. Some of them are interludes from his novels, like where somebody will tell a ghost story. And they've sort of cut them out of their novels because they work as standalone stories. I was looking at the um the chapter list, and a lot of them have quite classic ghost story names like um, The Ghost in the Bride's Chamber.
1: Ooh, and, that's a uh, proper yeah, good yeah. name, yeah.
0: And The Haunted Man and the Ghost's Bargain. Ooh. Yeah, there's another one with Bargain. It's called something like Captain Destroyer and the Devil's Bargain, Ooh. which sounds mental. These sound
1: great. Yeah. I definitely have to get onto this because, I mean, when I say I like Charles Dickens, that was a bit of a... I mean, I kind of... That was a bit of a porky, because what I mean is I really like A Christmas Carol. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that is my favourite Christmas story and favourite Christmas film. And that is one I have read because I just love the, the story so much. Um, but I've already branched out, and now I'm thinking, I don't know why, because clearly he's got some yeah. some good tales.
0: Oh, yeah, he's written, written I mean, stuff like Great, great Expectations. Of course, great,
1: oh, to be fair, I've read that. A great that. novel, yeah, yeah. I've read that. But
0: in terms of the ghost but stories, the ghost stories yeah. oh, I, did, I did see one that caught my eye. Mm. I've not read this, but just the name alone made me think, what the hell is that story about? It's called The Queer Chair. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Wonder how it is queer. <laughs> I know, I know, but that, that to me, like, the, the other one's like The Ghost in the Bride's Chamber. Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah classic ghost, ghost story. story. Yeah, yeah. The Queer Chair. <laughs> and I was, I've not read it, but I was so, my curiosity was so piqued that I found a copy of it. And it was originally from the Pitlet Papers and Control F for The Queer Chair. And I've just made a note of a couple of quotes, hand that might whet your appetite for Ooh. this story. Of any other queer chair, Tom would have only thought it was a queer chair, and there would have been an end of the matter. But there was something about this particular chair, and he couldn't yet tell what it was, so odd and so unlike any other piece of furniture he'd ever seen, that it seemed to fascinate him. He sat down before the fire and stared at the old chair for half an hour. Damn the chair! It was such a strange old thing he couldn't take his eyes off it. Ooh! And and then later (laughs) in the story, I won't look at it anymore said Tom to himself and he squeezed his eyelids together and tried to persuade himself he was going to sleep again no use (laughs) nothing but queer chairs danced before his eyes kicking up their legs jumping over each other's backs and playing all kinds of antics I may as well see one real chair as two or three complete sets of false ones said Tom bringing out his head from under the bedclothes there it was Plainly discernible by the light of the fire, looking as provoking as ever. <laughs> so I've no idea what this story is about well, or what like a, the chair does. A
1: man who's in love with the chair. <laughs> 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 I mean, I really feel like I want to see this chair. Is there any pictures or? No,
0: I, don't no? Know. I do didn't. No, do... didn't do any
1: illustrations well, of the, the chair?
0: The Pickwick paper. Mm. Um, did have illustrations. There you go, it, right? yeah. i tell you what, Ham, we're laughing, but now I've read those quotes, I'm looking at where you're sitting, thinking, damn, <laughs> that, that, is a, a that is a chair. queer chair. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I'll be able to sleep tonight.
1: Well, I've just bought a new chair as well, and I'm just, <laughs> just thinking, oh God, I don't know if I've properly examined it. <laughs> <laughs> I shall go home and look upon it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we uh, definitely need to read that one or listen to yeah, it or yeah. something because I I need to find out about this chair. That's our
0: homework. Yeah, read yeah, the queer chair. Read the
1: queer chair. Right, we'll do that before ne- next time, and then we can discuss it. So, yeah, I feel like we, sorry, I have kind of yeah missed a wealth of greatness. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, just from those excerpts. So yeah, yeah. I also
0: want to know who Captain Destroyer is.
1: Is that his real name?
0: I'll check that. I would hate for this. Um,
1: it sounds quite modern, doesn't it, Captain Destroyer? It sounds like
0: a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. Oh, no results then. Oh. Right, I think I think I've misinformed people. Charles Dickens ghost stories. Yeah, I tell a lie. It's called Captain Murderer <laughs>
1: and the
0: Devil's Bargain.
1: <laughs> Captain Murderer sounds much more like what I was expecting, if I am honest.
0: Right. Well, I have to try and edit that together into something that. Oh, and there's one here that you like, Mm. I think, based on the name.
1: Oh, what we got? The
0: Portrait. Oh, (gasps) no, sorry. The Portrait Painter's Story.
1: Oh, that sounds good. Yeah,
0: I was thrown by the hyphen then. I thought it was called The Portrait. Painter's
1: Painter's Story. Story. Yeah, Yeah, I can do that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, do you know what? I'm surprised at myself, really, because, like I say, I've always really enjoyed. Christmas Carol and great expectations to be fair. But I feel like I've only kind of ingested what I've been kind of easily fed. I really feel I should have sought out some more more of his stuff.
0: Yeah. Oh god, these ghost stories have got a real mixture of stars in the name in the names. There's one called To Be Read at Dusk.
1: Oh. That's very um yeah. there's another one called
0: Yeah. There's another one called The Baron of Gwogsvig. (laughs)
1: That's like sounds like somewhere where hornswoggle might live.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's one called A Madman's Manuscript.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, great name. There's
0: another one called The Goblins Who Stole a Sexton.
1: The goblins who stole a sex toy. I was like, oh, that was very forward thinking of different. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is a
0: sexton? I don't think we have sextons anymore. Probably
1: not. I know it is a surname.
0: It's a church custodian charged with keeping the church and parish buildings prepared for meetings, caring for church equipment, and, <laughs> and performing. You know, I could have abandoned this quote halfway through. I think, I think we'd had enough information. <laughs> Um and performing related minor duties, such as ringing the bell and digging graves. Well, you mm-hmm. we heard it here first it on is. the Midweek Horror Podcast.
1: <laughs> you now know what a sexton is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Um, so, I don't know what the format will be for this podcast, because we don't have a trailer to watch. Um We won't have Rotten Tomatoes.
1: Oh, no, that's true. I guess well, we that,
0: could just read Google someone's review. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I mean... No, yeah, we we can't even really listen to a sample and be like, "Oh, do we think we'll like it?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it kind of will we'll work in the same. No, way. we
0: we didn't really think this through. The we whole didn't. format of our podcast does not translate to listening to an audio drama instead of watching a film. What I think we should do then? Oh, I know what we can do. Mm. Have you seen any horror films since we last convened?
1: Oh, what had I seen? So I I I seen Scream, hadn't I? And I spoke about that. Yeah. Possibly not, actually. Oh, right. (laughs) 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 Uh, Have you? Oh,
0: yes, I have. I've seen one called The Kindred. Okay, Um, any good. British horror film by Jamie Patterson. Yeah, definitely enjoyed it. Just a good, solid, uh, supernatural film. It's got a brilliant cold opening Mm. where a woman is leaving, leaving like um, a block of flats in a state of distress. Um, you don't know why she's distressed and she comes out of the, it's actually the, is it the Trellick Tower, that famous brutalist skyscraper with oh, the bit wow. on the side in London?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. You I know. don't know if it's called that, but yeah. Um, yeah.
0: and she leaves there and, um, she's having a panic outside. And then you just see somebody who's jumped from the building just fall right in front of her. Oh. And she looks in horror and goes, dad? And as she's saying "dad," she's backing away, and then a car just knocks her down. It's like really brutal opening. You're like, "Oh my god, this is a, this is strong stuff." But she wakes up after the coma with amnesia. So basically, her dad confessed something to her mm. that led to her leaving the flat in distress, and then him moments later jump into his death. Uh, okay. But she can't remember what he told her. And she starts to see the ghosts of children, and she develops this theory that her father confessed that he was responsible for the unsolved murders of some children. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, really good.
0: It's, um, yeah, just mm. really solid. I wanted to see a scary supernatural movie with an interesting story. That's what I got, yeah, perfectly happy. The Kindred. Kindred. By Jamie Patterson. Yeah.
1: I remember that one. Great.
0: Right. Well, so what we'll do, we'll have a jingle. Yeah. We'll have a Nando's. We'll have a
1: Nando's. Yeah. Absolutely. And then On we'll its listen. Way.
0: It's about an hour long, you know. Mm. Yeah. We'll have a listen to uh, Baffle Gab's audio production of The Signalman by Charles Dickens.
1: Good stuff. Yeah. back.
0: Spooky stuff. Spooky.
1: Oh, very spooky.
0: What did you think, Ham?
1: I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Really good. Really, really good.
0: Bit awkward listening to an audio drama together.
1: So I thought it would be nothing to look at. Yeah. I thought it would I thought it would be more and we'd be like doing silly faces or something like that the whole way.
0: Yeah we were very well behaved. behaved.
1: Very well behaved. Which I think
0: is a testament to how good the production was. Yeah.
1: Because I actually, once we got into it, I didn't really think about where I was looking. Yeah, at yeah. all. I was just like listening and like in the story. I'm
0: sure I m- remember my grandma telling me like before telly, mm. when they used to listen to the radio together. Yeah, they used to turn the light off, and I did wonder if I should yeah. turn the light off. But I thought I think that might be a bit creepy because <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing when you're watching a film and you've got the light of the film. Yeah, but if you and me were just sat in the dark, <laughs> I think. Not sure Hannah would like that. (laughs) I don't
1: know. (laughs) I quite like creepy. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, oh, that was really eerie. I thought it was brilliant the way they did it. One
0: one thing um, I thought was wonderful, before we talk about the characters in the story, was how good the sound design was. I know that seems like almost a very basic thing to say about an audio drama, but there was always background sound. Yeah. You know, when they were in the signal box, you could hear the clock ticking when they were outside and they were looking for Robin, you could hear the crunch of the footsteps. Yeah. You could hear wind whistling. And I think that's such an asset for audio drama. It's Funnily enough, just the other day I was listening to a show on Radio 4. I think Radio 4 is wonderful, but this, mm. so I'm not slagging off Radio 4 at all. Now, this particular show, it was a radio drama, and I remember thinking, this just sounds like some people sat in a recording studio taking time to speak. Yeah. Whereas with this, with the signalman, you really believed the locations they were in
1: definitely it was what I really liked about it was I could really picture them in these scenarios yeah like in my head I had the tunnel and the signal house and the pub and just like everywhere that they were and Robin running across the lines and it it was just like all there and I think like you say that was because they really helped like helped you imagine that atmosphere with the, the with the sounds and kind of like I think they just sort of set the scene pretty well.
0: Yeah, really first-class audio production, I think. And should we talk a bit about the plot, then?
1: Yeah. So, interesting plot. We start off where you've got um, a young boy who is, like, running, running along the tracks, running along the railway tracks. He doesn't know whether he should cross the tracks but he then sort of has a bit of a voice in his head really really scary voice the
0: voice of the terror of the tracks yeah terror on the tracks terror on the
1: tracks and the voice is basically kind of willing him pushing him on saying cross the tracks cross the tracks even though like you kind of get it's not safe and uh, the young boy robin he doesn't really want to but in the end he sort of succumbs to the voice uh, and then the next, the next scene we have um, a lot of people out looking for Robin, and we actually assumed that Robin had died, didn't we? we yeah, were like, oh, I he's thought dead. he was well yeah. dead. So all these people are looking for him. You uh, got a mix of characters. You have well, we, we sort of as they're looking for him, we begin to realise that they are a film crew. So we have uh, Dennis, who is the director, and he's a very kind of quite a posh older chap. Simon Callow. Simon Callow, superb you can performance. Yeah. And then we have Barbara, who is the producer, and she's a bit of a long-suffering, trying to keep the boys in line kind of character. And then we've got the two cameramen, uh, Ripley and Spiller, and they—well, I think one's a camera, one's the sound guy, and they—they're all looking for Robin. Uh, eventually, they find—well, eventually they find him and also the Sigma- signalman, who is another one of the main characters in the story. And the Signalman has sort of found him and made sure that he's all right. And then Signal Signal Signalman kind of goes off, and the Robin is looked after by the the film crew. Then after that, we don't really see a lot of Robin, and it becomes a lot more about the relationship between uh, Dennis, the director, and the Signalman. About him kind of finding out um, a bit of a, I would. It's not really quite a legend. More of. Um, something that the signalman has had on his mind, a bit of a kind of worry, eerie sort of sighting that he's had of a ghostly figure that waves and seems to predict tragedy, would you say?
0: Yeah. So he's had a couple of occasions where he's seen this apparition. Mm. He's been covering his face and waving and shouting, danger, clear the line. And then after that, there's been an accident. So it's sort of like an omen. Um, One thing I really liked about the opening, and I think this will really appeal to the target audience for this production. So people of a certain age sort of famously remember the old public, public service broadcast oh, that would yeah. warn you about something. And actually, the, it's quite a meta opening because the, the film crew are there to film one of these about the danger of playing about on the tracks mm-hmm. and the terror on the tracks is, um, the production they're filming. So that bit at the beginning where you have Robin. And hearing the voice that's urging him to basically mm. cross the line rather than go at the level crossing. That is the production they're meant to be making. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, definitely ghost story fans in the UK of a certain age have mm. sort of very fond memories of being terrorised by films like that when they were kids. Yeah. You know, um, like films like "Don't Don't Play in Ponds and stuff, yeah. you know, like, I am the voice of dark water. <laughs> I swallow children who get too close, you know, all stuff like yeah, that.
1: Stranger danger and all that. Yeah, so yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, they've really captured the atmosphere of those kind mm. of films perfectly. But it's a, I am the voice of the terror
1: on the track. A bit on another level, but it reminded me a bit of. Do you remember the AIDS film where it was? Uh, oh gosh, kind of like AIDS, and it was really terrifying. Um And that was yeah, that must have been it going was. around the eighties.
0: That scared the shit out of me when I was young. Yeah, like, me too. You didn't like know what it was about. Exactly, you yeah. didn't know what it was about. You just thought there was this... Monster. <laughs> oh, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that was really cool how they kind of, um, yeah, brought that in as well. Um, so I think, yeah, I think Dennis kind of gets more and more into this story and he starts to see and feel weird things himself as he becomes more friendly with the station, uh, the signal master. Signal man. I why I keep saying <laughs> Signal man. And, um, he then wants to kind of capture this on camera, which yeah. the signal man's not really that keen for him to do. He kind of just wants him to sort of like leave it alone, stay safe, and, you know, just hopes it will go away. Because I think earlier on in the, um, in the play, you hear that he saw this apparition a few years ago and the apparition went away for a while and came back so you get the feeling the signalman is just hoping it'll go away again. Um, but Dennis continues to push this issue and then we get to a point where him and his uh, crew nearly get hit by a train because he's desperate to film in the dark tunnel.
0: That's a very tense scene because mm. um, his, his film crew don't really know what Dennis has got planned. No. Nope. Because obviously he can't say to them, I know we're meant to be here filming a." Public service warning, oh, stuff But yeah. but but instead, we're going to go ghost hunting. Yeah. So he sort of makes out they're just you know getting test footage in the tunnel. Yeah. and They're like, come on, we've got enough, we've got to go because they're all scared. They don't know why they're scared. Yeah. And it's getting misty. It's getting cold. and They can't a bit see anything. There's bats yeah, yeah. overhead. Very effective scene. Very yeah, good spooky scene. Very
1: good. Um. Yeah. And so as as we kind of as after that scene, they all are kind of have had enough of Dennis. They've nearly been hit by a train. We want to go back to London. So the the,
0: the camera got smashed the by the
1: train. The camera got smashed by the train. So the, uh, uh, the two, the two members of the crew go back to London and Barbara, the producer has also had enough and she's heading back. Then we sort of cut to another scene where Dennis is checking out of his hotel and he's just having some general chit chat with the woman who owns the hotel when suddenly he, does he decide to listen to his audio recording?
0: Basically, when the, the guy who works at the pub is loading his bags into the car, he yeah. drops one, and they're worried they might have broke it. Yeah, the tape broke recorder. The tape. And he's like, no, I'm sure it'll be fine. there. are sturdier than it looks. Let's see. Rewind, play, and he plays a bit, and it's working. He goes, yeah, that seems to be working. Fast forward, play. Mm. So he's just testing it's not been broken. And you can hear the uh, audio he recorded when he was interviewing the signalman. And then something scary <laughs> then something happens.
1: Something scary happens, and you suddenly um, and I was just like, I would, you could kind of see it coming, couldn't yeah. you? But it's still scary. And the uh, like a ghostly voice comes onto the uh, the recording, and I didn't make out what it said. Did you?
0: It sounded like danger. Clear the line.
1: Ah, okay. But quite,
0: quite distorted and faint.
1: And so the next thing we know, Dennis has "Run off," because he obviously predicts that the signalman is in danger. So off he runs. And as he gets there, the signalman is there in front of the tunnel, waving with his hand across his face, uh, just as there is a train coming down the track, and it kind of ends with, that was the end of the signalman.
0: Yeah, and in a nice sort of detailed bookend in the production, the last scene is narrated by the voice of terror on the track. Um, So, yeah, basically the core of the story. So I, I did myself a little refresher of what happens in the original signalman, the core of the story is the same. The signalman is a haunted man because he's been seeing this ghost that uh, presages accidents whenever it appears. Mm. And in this one, the first time um, the ghost appears shortly after a train is derailed. The second time he appeared, a girl dies on a passenger train just of a a medical issue. Mm. Um, And now the ghost has come back, so obviously the signalman's troubled, but when there's the near accident in the train where the camera gets smashed but nobody dies, he's quite relaxed after that. You know, he feels like, oh, maybe that was it. Mm. Maybe it was a near miss this time. But actually, the reason the signalman's come back is it's uh, an omen of the signalman's own death. Uh, yeah, and uh, Dennis realizes this when he hears the ghostly voice on the tape, but he isn't in time to get back to him and warn him. If he gets knocked over by a train.
1: So, yeah, I would say that pretty much sums up the plot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and it kind of reminded me of the mezzo tint that we saw at Christmas. It's a really good example of taking a classic ghost story, transporting it to a slightly different era maybe. Like mm. in this case, it's set in the 70s. There's loads of lovely period details yeah. as well. Stuff like baby sham. Gets yeah. a mention, decimalisation gets a mention. Talking
1: about the price of a pint, that sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But also like the mezzo tint, just adding an extra angle to make it more dramatic. Mm. So like in the mezzo tint, a lot of these old ghost stories, something scary happens and then somebody explains what the ghost story is, and it's like the narrator will say something like, I leave you to make your own mind up about what I just informed you of. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. And so in the mezzo tint they had the main character. His story dovetailed with the history of the Ten, and the scary monster came at the end and killed him. Mm. Um, Similarly with this, to make it a bit, bit, bit more dramatic, they've added the detail of the film crew and the main character, Dennis, trying to capture the ghost on film. I think in the original story, the narrator meets the signalman and hears his story and he hears about how you know, the, he saw the apparition and that was sort of um, an omen of accidents that were going to happen. And he's seen him again and he's worried because he doesn't know what's going to happen. And then the narrator goes away and he comes back the next day and it's like, oh, yeah, the signal one's dead. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, well, reader, I leave you to make your own mind up about, you yeah. know, I, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. But. Um, they sort of they've added an extra layer here where uh, Dennis wants to try and capture on film, so you mm. get a bit more drama yeah. for the final act. I think that works really well as an audio production. Yeah, I think I thought it was really good. Um,
1: I thought it was really scary, like really eerie.
0: I could see your your feet were like shaking, I was like doing
1: that. Yeah, I, yeah,
0: yeah. You like fidgeted a bit, like nervously.
1: Yeah, I think it's those sorts of productions are always the sort of thing that I find more scary than. You know, lots of horror and gore because they're just so sort of eerie and unsettling. And I think what I've just some of the imagery, like the uh, faceless figure waving, I just found really an eerie image, actually. Yeah. Um, and just the loneliness of the station and the tunnel. It's all very lonely and dark and anything can happen. And yeah. I think we've all been in those situations where we're on our own and there's no real threat of danger, but you still feel uneasy and, like, you know, a little bit scared, but, for, oh, you know, no real reason, no rational yeah. reason. Um, so I thought that was really good. And, yeah, the eerie voice was very good.
0: So I'm I'm here holding in my hands the lovely tin that the CD comes in. And just to stress to anyone listening, when when you buy a hard copy... You also get a link to download the soft copy, which was a godsend
1: for us mm, time. Very good. Being able quality. to play
0: the MP3s because, like I said, don't have a CD player, it turns out. But uh, I'm looking at the, ca- the cast and creatives. Uh, the Signalman by Ben Cotton from The Story by Charles Dickens. Yeah, great script. Mm, really very, great.
1: very good. Really nicely written. Really, really. Simon
0: Callow, unmistakable as Dennis yeah. Jackson. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant performance. Also, Rolf Innocent as the signalman. Now, recognise his
1: voice. Though. Oh, it's it's an absolutely unique voice. I don't think anyone else has a voice anything like. Him. Do you
0: know how to describe it? If you t- if you took Sean Bean,
1: Bean, I was thinking you were going to say that, and yeah.
0: multiplied him by Sean Bean.
1: Yes, that is the voice you end up know. It's like Sean
0: Bean squared.
1: Yeah, that's a very good explanation. Yeah. <laughs> he's always in like northern kind of dramas and stuff. Yeah, know? yeah. He always plays that very gruff. He's got a factor.
0: very deep voice. I, uh, yeah. I have seen some ghosts in this <laughs> tunnel. I
1: <laughs> oh, no, was brilliant.
0: You know what ghost means? <laughs> means trouble at mill. <laughs> yeah, he was brilliant. And I love, so one thing I really like in audio drama is when they cast actors with very distinctive voices. Yeah. Because it's horrible if you're listening to an audio drama and everyone sounds quite similar. Yeah. And Simon Callow and Rolf Innocent could not sound more different. So they were the perfect two actors to carry this story. And um, it was quite sad, actually. I almost felt like there was a burgeoning romance between
1: them. I was going to say about that. And I thought, am I just looking into this too much? But I sort of felt like they kind of quite liked each other. It was a bit like they were were not the likeliest of couples. But there was a lot of hints to that, wasn't it? Like, it was talking about our evenings spent together and... He uh so at one point Dennis says to him, "Can I come in?" And he's uh, he's like, "Well, it's a free country. It's a warm night. I'll leave the door open." Yeah,
0: you yeah. There, there just... was a, there was an element of a, oh, I dare say I could come back tomorrow and see yeah. you. I
1: I dare <laughs> say you could.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit like fast show and... Uh, yes,
1: oh, I was what's, thinking the fast show. Oh, um, <laughs> not Lance's His name. No, it's gone. But I know. I know oh, yeah. Name. Yeah. God. I
0: wish, wish you could remember the note. Yeah, no, like, like a lovely dynamic between them. that worked really well. And then the, the rest of the cast, you know, obviously minor characters compared to those two, but everybody bringing their A game. Uh, Dan Skinner, Dan Starkey, Margaret Coborn Smith, Coborn Smith. Do not know how to say your name? Sorry, Margaret. Oh. Rachel Babbage and Louis Sock. Yeah. All really good performances. Music and sound designed by Mark Hendrick round of applause for Mark Andrew oh was brilliant correct. Mark yeah,
1: yeah it yeah. sounds really 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 brilliant
0: yeah definitely man of the match probably
1: yeah I would say
0: produced and directed by Simon Barnard yeah absolutely loved it Baffle Gab Productions brilliant
1: so do they do many others like that that sort of thing yeah
0: yeah they've done a few like that mm. um, they did one I've got it on CD somewhere actually I mean we, we, can, we can do um, which is the other one I've got right I'm going to Google Baffle Gab.
1: So, how many stars would you give it? Because that's, you know, the real question here.
0: Oh, of course. It'd have to be a Stone Cold Five from Stone
1: Cold Five for me? I, w- I, I couldn't have asked for more.
0: Yeah. That was exactly the kind of thing I wanted when I got that. Ooh, I know what I listened to, which was brilliant. Do you remember the Children of the Stones?
1: Oh, yeah. They did an audio yeah.
0: version of that starring India Brown and Rhys Shearsmith. Oh,
1: I like Rhys Shearsmith.
0: Yeah, they did a version of Blood on Satan's Claw. Mm. It's got Mark Gatiss, Reese Shearsmith and Alice Lowe. Oh,
1: yeah. brilliant. The
0: Ash Tree, that's the one I've got on CD. The Ash Tree, yep. yeah. That's well, let's check
1: I've got. some of these out.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: But, but yeah, the Ash it's... Tree's
0: got um, Amanda Abingdon, Reece Shearsmith and John Sessions.
1: Oh, cool.
0: It's written by Matthew Holness. Where do I know that name? You're
1: thinking
0: of Bob, aren't you? I am <laughs> <laughs> thinking of Bob! <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure that'd be brilliant.
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, what else
0: have we got? Do you know what? I'm sure there's. Oh! Yeah, they've done audiobooks as well. And they did Arkham County. Oh my god, they've done Arkham County starring Stanley Tucci, The Devil Wears Prada, mm. Byrne Gorman, Torchwood, and Alice Kingston, Doctor Who. Mm.
1: Oh. I have no idea about that story, but I'm sure it's good.
0: I think it was a high profile um, TV adaptation recently. Uh, Baffle Gab. Hellbound Hart. Hell. Yeah, the Hellbound Hart, they did do that one. Yeah, I would give it five stars.
1: Definite five. Um, it was really interesting, actually, looking at, it like, like we said earlier, like a different media. Um, because, obviously, and what I thought was interesting is with the film, there's so much more to kind of comment on in terms of, you could say, like acting ability, um, how the kind of uh, the scenes look, uh, how it's shot, you know, various loads of little bits there and um, so with this one I think actually the fact that we both have rated it so highly is actually I feel like that holds more weight than if we wait if we've rated a film really highly because really they don't have that much to work with mm. you know because you, I think sometimes you'll watch something and you'll be like oh the plot was a bit thin but it was cracking acting skills or really well filmed or I
0: really like the special effects yeah
1: or the visuals yeah. or something but with this if some of it's not good. Probably not. Probably it's not good. Yeah. If there was you know a bit of I mean? like it that
0: was not good, you would just be sat there listening to something that's not good. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. else. <laughs> no, I
1: think you're. it really kept my attention. Like, I was, like, locked in the whole time. And I think if something wasn't good, you'd just lose that and then you'd lose grip on the story. Do
0: you know, it's funny you say beautifully shot, though, when you talking about films, because mm. I kind of feel...
1: Mm. Like I watched something me that was too. shot. Like I shot it myself. Yeah, you know, yeah, From their descriptions and their. And we, did, and we the shot sound. it
0: very well. We did, it was fantastic. Yeah,
1: yeah um, that. I really. In our minds. Yeah, honestly, that. It might. The image of the man waving, I think, will stay with me. i we have to listen to some sort of comedy in the car. Right?
0: <laughs> that's That's the sound design, though. That really painted the picture. Yeah. I think it's a good job you listened to this with me. Because mm. I think if you'd listened to it by yourself. You'd be shitting
1: your oh, would you? I would. And I wouldn't have listened to it at night. <laughs> I would have had to listen to it in the day. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Right, a little bit of an interlude, Han. Are you ready for Always. a funny quiz? Oh, yes. So, we've gone back to the old format. Do you remember it used to just be a straight-up true and false? True or false? Yeah. And then we changed it to a format where all the films were real... But I'd give you multiple choice and you had to pick the real name. Yes. So I have not had time to come up with enough puns to do the new format. Fair
1: enough. <laughs> so we've gone back to a
0: straightforward true or false. So for anyone who's not heard this quiz before, I'm going to read Hannah the, um, the little plot summary from IMDb and then give her the name of the film. Every one of these films has a punning name and Hannah has to decide if they're true or false. Are you ready to begin, Hank? I'm ready. Okay, here's your first film. Trying to save the family Christmas, Cody makes a wish to be alone, (laughs) which ends up backfiring when a shark manifests and kills his entire family. The name of the film is Santa Jaws.
1: (laughs) Okay. That's so weird. I'm going to go with true. That is true.
0: (laughs) There is a real film... Called Santa Jaws, Santa Jaws And that is the uh, plot description on IMDb I
1: kind of want to watch that now <laughs> I know
0: Yeah well next Christmas That'll be yeah, our Christmas be special that'll be on the list Okay one out of one well done Okay film number two After signing on for a new reality game show A ragtag gang of social media influencers Find themselves playing a deadly game Where they have to escape a series Of shrinking escape rooms can the Z-list rivals set aside their differences and make it out alive? The name of the film is Celebrity Crush.
1: Oh, oh, that's really good. I'm going to go with false.
0: That is false. I
1: tell you why, because it's too clever. <laughs> 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 the, that's actually quite good. That's something I might want to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the other one was a actually bad. You know, I, should,
0: I should have checked that there wasn't already. A punning film called Celebrity Crush. There probably
1: is, but I'd, probably about something different. Yeah, I just, mm. I just
0: thought of that pun and made up uh, the description.
1: It's a great idea for a film, though.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Your next film.
1: Two out of two.
0: Two out of two. You're doing very well. <laughs> in 1980s Texas, a white rapper turns to magic in an effort to boost his credibility. Unfortunately, the spell goes wrong. His life descends into relentless body horror as he slowly turns into a custard-filled pastry doomed by his choice of rap sobriquet. The name of the film is The Rise and Fall of Vanilla Slice. (laughs)
1: That has got to be false. That is false. (laughs) That is false. I made that up. Do you know what, though? I really wanted it to be true. Three out of three. And this is (laughs) the best you've ever done, I think. Oh, I love that. That is... uh, Oh, bravo. Bravo.
0: (laughs) 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 All right, your next film. A prehistoric shark is released into the waters near a small lake community as a result of an oil drilling accident and proceeds to wreak havoc on nearby swimmers. The name of the film is Raiders of the Lost Shark.
1: (laughs) Oh. I mean, I feel like it should be false because they would get in trouble for nicking that name. I'm going to go with false.
0: It's true. Is it? Yeah, yeah. You're three out of four, though. Still a very respectable score. But that is real. Okay, your next film. In Rockport, Indiana... A local bureaucrat has to deal with a school of man-eating sharks in the Ohio River, all while a documentary film crew follows her around. The name of the film is Sharks and Recreation.
1: (laughs) That's great. Can I just say, this quiz is very (laughs) shark-heavy. I know,
0: I know. Do you know what? And I found another real film called Jurassic Shark. And I thought... That, that's going to have to... Like, I can't have another shark one.
1: <laughs> I think that is false, but I think it's a great one. <laughs> that is false, yeah.
0: That is false. So, you're four out of five. You're doing very well, Ham. Okay. You might struggle with the next one. Oh. I think this would be quite challenging. In Staten Island, New York City, the members of a hip-hop collective turn to magic <laughs> in an effort to boost their credibility. Unfortunately, the spell goes wrong. Their lives descend into relentless body horror as they slowly turn into chewy, fruit-flavoured sweets, doomed by their choice of rep sobriquet. The name of the film is The Rise and Fall of the Fruitang Clan.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's got to be false. That is false. <laughs> I think I need to, like, oh. set you a task of seeing how many of those you can create. Yeah. <laughs> Rap-themed sweet yeah. treat names. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, bravo. Oh,
0: so what is that? Are you on five out of six? Five out of six, yeah. Okay, okay. We'll do a serious one next. In Salem, a dying witch curses her tormentors to be chased by crows who will not rest until they have pecked out their eyes. Oh, grim. The name of the film is Beaky Blinders.
1: Oh! <laughs> 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 oh that, might be the, that might be the Nando's. Hold yeah, that door. Open it. Hello. Oh, yeah, I'll come right down. Cheers. Sorry. <laughs> no, don't worry. Like thought. Beaky Blinders. I'm going to go for true.
0: No, it's false. Oh. Yeah, made up Beaky Blinders. It's
1: a good one. Because I was thinking, though, if Raiders of the Lost Shark was true, <laughs> there's a possibility that could be true. Well, anyway, great so, quiz.
0: Well, five five for seven. Yeah, well, what's well, I get?
1: Oh. Well, we're not finished. Oh, good.
0: We're not finished. You
1: claw one back. Yep, Come on, one her. left. Sorry, I'm really out of breath, I've been running up and down for the Nandos. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> I'd be like, what's you been doing?
0: Yeah. For, for the benefit of the audience at home, the Nandos arrived just after Beaky Blinders.
1: Yeah, I mean...
0: I was going to try and edit it all seamlessly <laughs> together, but that ship has sailed. That
1: ship has sailed. And, you know, I get excited about the quiz, but not that excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, very last one. A rep group. On the verge of signing their first record deal, is the city's only hope in a battle with a giant mutating snake monster. The name of the film is Snake Outer Compton.
1: Oh, crap! <laughs> <laughs> snake Out Compton. I'm going to go with true.
0: That is true! Yes. And we've got to see it. Yes. Yeah, Snake Outer Well done, Han. You got six out of eight.
1: I think that's acceptable. Yeah, no, I yeah. think that's very yeah, good. Can I'm, go with I'm that. just
0: glad I, I'm just glad I. Uh, which, in fact, the only one I invented that you thought was real was Beaky blinders. Yeah, because the other one was a real one that you thought was false. So you are definitely better at spotting my antics. Yeah, than you were when we first started this game.
1: I think that's it. I've got to know to know your games.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant
1: though, another great quiz.
0: Well, thank you very much. Let's eat our Nando's. Let's do it. Yeah, that was great. So, what what should we do instead of rotten tomatoes?
1: Well, I wonder if anyone's commented on it. Um, you know, just in terms of, like, said. And so I mean, I've never really thought to look from like a an audio. Ah, here we go. So, who is it? It is. A view of the Signalman. Paul Simpson. Yeah. For Sci Fi Bulletin. Ooh. Hmm. And Paul's verdict, because he summed it up in just like literally a sentence. I love the original story and the BBC versions. This is a worthy addition to the Pantheon. Nine out of ten.
0: Nine out of ten. I would have given it a ten.
1: I would have given it a ten. I wonder why he. I mean, nine's very high.
0: I like the idea of a pantheon of adaptations <laughs> of the signalman. You know, just sitting around on Mount Olympus.
1: <laughs> each of a little, like, <laughs> sort of crown of vines. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he seems to love it. Yeah, um, good. But, yeah, there's not a lot of, you know, just general... Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, These are sm- quite small... Productions in a way But I think it deserves to be Widely talked of and praised
1: Definitely And I would recommend it I'm surprised there aren't more reviews I guess it's just not so well known Audio
0: Um, drama is an underrated medium I love audio drama
1: Yeah, you're right, I absolutely agree And I actually listen to a lot Of Audible and podcasts And things um, Because I like to walk a lot and I like to run And I don't like to to do that all the time without, you know, without anything in my ears. I like to have something in my ears when I'm listening. And I like a bit of music sometimes, but actually I really like a story, you know, someone to tell me a story. And so, yeah, massively got into audiobooks a few years ago. And yeah, Yeah. God, I wouldn't be without it now.
0: Do you know what I absolutely love? So this is really horror. So audience at home, cover your ears. The um, Games Workshop, do Warhammer audio dramas
1: oh cool and
0: those are exceptional like um, the sci-fi setting they do called Warhammer 40,000 mm. I don't even play that as you know I collect a lot of fantasy models but the sci-fi audio dramas they do are superb. Mm. absolutely superb.
1: I think I told you before but I've recently listened to the Terry Pratchett ones as well I really like those too Yeah, yeah the little they could, stories yeah. um, they do well with kind of setting the scene I think too obviously not a lot of them are more comical than anything else but they're really interesting stories and I like how they do that Um, I did find one more review actually oh let's have it this is by someone called Venny Hammond 1971 an excellent spooky what they
0: reviewed it on sorry
1: oh well so it's basically on one of the sites um, shop baffle gab oh and someone has obviously bought it and then reviewed it let's have it an excellent spooky updated audio drama version of the classic Charles Dickens story. Perfect for long winter evening. Best listened to on headphones in the dark. No, no shards shit, yeah, Absolutely yeah. no way in holy hell. Best right. don't listen to it.: Best listened to
0: with a friend in the light. In the light. On the um, reclining sofa.
1: With, like, wine lots gums. Of wine gums and support. <laughs> and, and, support. <laughs> and, and jokes.
0: <laughs> yeah, lovely. Is there anything else we can mention? About, I mean, it's a clean sweep from us. We love yeah. it. Yeah,
1: I mean, God, it's, it's quite rare for us not to be picky, actually. Yeah, yeah. Usually we're like, but there was this one thing that really annoyed us. Yeah,
0: yeah, I've literally nothing to make fun of. Nor me. Yeah, so.
1: I'm actually, it's really made me think I want to listen to more in the light. But um, yeah, it's really kind of whetted my appetite for it.
0: I tell you what, let's, I'll do your deal. Mm. Let's do a couple of films and then let's do The Ash Tree.
1: Okay. Seeing See as it. I've got it. Yeah. yeah, might as well.
0: Yeah, brilliant.
1: We had a film, didn't we, in mind for after this. And I'm now racking my brain to think what it was.
0: It's James Wan, Malignant. Oh. Yeah.
1: Well, there we go then.
0: Do we want to do Malignant next?
1: I know nothing about it, so...
0: No, me neither.
1: That could be a good thing.
0: Yeah, okay. Let's do Malignant next. I promised my mate Neil I'd watch it.
1: Also, it is not...
0: I tell you what, (laughs) he better listen to the bloody podcast. Because I don't think he listens to it. I think only two of my friends listen to my podcast.
1: I'm sure there's more than that. Come on. (laughs) I don't think there is.
0: I've got the stats (laughs) and.
1: To be fair, I'm not really sure how many of my friends listen to it, but well, I will say. Or have maybe listened to one and then gone, mm, mm. okay then.
0: <laughs> well, I suppose maybe our friends think, for what I know, what Alice and Hannah think about a film.
1: I can ask to. them. That's true. Yeah. There is that. It's a
0: bit of, bit of a weird way to communicate with <laughs> yeah. your friends.
1: I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to see what they say in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do Malignant.
0: By James Webb.
1: And I keep wanting to say Maleficent, which it is not. It's a very I different film. I can't, <laughs> it's a very good film, though. I
0: can't, I can't even remember what Malignant's about. Should we read a plot summary?
1: Yeah, maybe we should, just to kind of get us interested, because yeah. it could be anything, couldn't it?
0: Right, I'm getting it now. It's a good job we did a quiz this week, otherwise oh. it'd be a really short one, because we didn't have anything to complain about.
1: Everyone's probably breathing a sigh of relief. And <laughs> not dabbing on for hours and stuff.
0: Here's the plot summary for Malignant. Madison is paralysed by Shocking visions of grisly murders, and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are, in fact, terrifying realities. Mm. I feel like I should be saying the name of the film, it is. <laughs> yeah. but I can't think of a point. What's her name? Madison
1: Madison, oh. mad as oh, no, it's it, it would take a bit of time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds interesting,
0: it, yeah. A good poster, was
1: it? Oh, yeah. Oh, that is a good poster,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, the people at home won't, well, they can google it it. I
1: mean, we could could describe it, but we probably won't do it justice.
0: Do you know what? I always laugh where (laughs) if I ever listen to the first episode, we did that stupid segment where for some reason I thought this would be like a good thing to do on a podcast Mm. where I played some spooky music and then gave a weird sort of David Attenborough style blow by blow account of the trailer. Oh,
1: I quite like yeah. that actually.
0: The trailer begins and we see I that Deborah is.
1: <laughs> oh, it was
0: bollocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think. I think.
1: great. But yeah, I mean, you could just Google it, peeps.
0: Yeah, Google image, malignant poster. Right, right brilliant. We'll
1: next, next times. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Tune in next time for more Midweek Horror. Don't get scared now!